Corey Ten Boom survived the horrors of a World War II concentration camp. Years later, she spoke widely of her experience of the power of forgiveness, teaching that, quote, forgiveness is not an emotion. Forgiveness is an act of the will, end quote. After one such speaking event, one of her former camp guards recognized her, approached her, and stuck out his hand to shake hers. She recounted, I, who had preached so often the need to forgive, kept my hand at my side, and so I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him, while into my heart sprang a love for the stranger that almost overwhelmed me. And so I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness any more than our own goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his. This week, we study Genesis 42-50 through 50, and one of the powerful stories of forgiveness in search of principles to guide our own efforts to forgive ourselves and others. Welcome to the Scripture Study Project. We are your hosts, Krista and Zach Horton. And this is our podcast where we study scripture with you. Our goal each week is to help you discover new or renewed excitement for God and His Word, invest your heart and personal life into your study, and connect with others as you teach and learn together. Hey there, welcome back to this week's episode. This week we are studying in Genesis chapters 42 through 50. And we are continuing on with the story of Joseph and just so much good stuff in these um, chapters, as we say usually. Mm-hmm. But we're looking forward to it. But first, I just had to correct myself or shout out to myself. This is like the retraction that they printed at the bottom of the news article. Right? <laughs> well, after I said it, I was like, that wasn't a pun. Because we were talking about alliterations last week. And I just... After we got done recording, I was like, I said I made a pun. That was not a pun. And so I've been like regretting it all week and needed to clarify that what I said wasn't a pun. And I apologize for the um, misstep. So this week, I'll give you one week, but by next week, you need to think of a pun then that you can that you can say. You don't have to think of it today, but you've got to think of a pun that you can insert into the episode. Oh, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Well, this episode, as we mentioned at the beginning in the preface, we want to talk about forgiveness. And I think this is a really fitting place to do that. In chapter 37, back last week, at the very beginning, after Joseph receives his coat of many colors, it says this, this is verse 4, When his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Now you fast forward to the end of this chapter, this study this week, and in chapter 50, he says to his brothers, Therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I like this story of forgiveness because even though it's a basic principle, it's one that still gets missed. um, Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about us. Now, that's not to diminish at all the horrible things that people do to each other. It's not to say that people don't do things to us that need forgiveness. But I think it's really telling that the story this week isn't a story about how uh, 
Joseph's brothers changed, even though they did, it's a story about how Joseph at the end was able to do something for them that was completely the reversal of what they did for him at the beginning. It's a story of how Joseph forgave. Yeah, and as we discussed this week of what we wanted to talk about, I think there's a lot of things you can talk about. There's so much. These chapters are rich with so much, as I already mentioned, but I just, we couldn't get away from the story of forgiveness because I think it's such an important piece to focus on. So you're going to find a lot in your study of different themes and Joseph as a type of Christ. And we're going to touch on a few of those things briefly, but um, I think that forgiveness for us was really what stuck out this week. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned it. I think there's the narrative on the surface of Joseph forgiving his brothers, and there's a deeper symbolic narrative uh, of the Lord's forgiveness for us. There's so many places where Joseph is depicted as a type of Christ. So again, back in chapter 37, uh, these verses, this is 31 through 33. They took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in blood. And then 33, Jacob says, it is my son's coat, an evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. Of course, very symbolic of what would happen to the Savior thousands of years later. In chapter 41, when he's in prison, he's then elevated out of prison. And in verse 42, Pharaoh takes off his ring and puts it on Joseph's hand, arrays him in vestitures of fine linen, and puts a gold chain about his neck. He's elevated from his prison experience. So he condescends, or he goes down into prison, and then comes back out of prison, is elevated, and in that elevated position, is then able to offer salvation to others. 45 verse 5, to his brothers. Therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. And then verse 7, God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. He'll say to the people in chapter 47 that uh, he's helping with food. Verse 23, I have bought you this day. And then verse 25, they say to him, thou hast saved our lives. And so I love Joseph as a representative of us and our journey to forgiveness, but I also love him as symbolic of the Savior and his ability to forgive us because he has descended below all things, has been elevated above all things, and in that elevated state can now look at us and offer us salvation, deliverance, um, nourishment, the way that Joseph offers it for the people. So the question for this week's episode that kind of seemed obvious to us was, who should we forgive? Who is someone that we can forgive and use this as an example? But we're going to kind of change that a little. We felt like um, maybe a better question would be something like, for whom do I need to allow God's forgiveness? Or how can I use God's power as I forgive? All of those are good questions. And you're going to see a lot of themes of forgiveness that hopefully resonate with you in your life. But what we want to talk about today is how do you do it? How do we forgive? And instead, because we know the experiences are so different, and even comparing the story of Joseph who was sold into Egypt by his brothers and then became the great pharaoh of, or the assistant to the pharaoh that had all the power and all the food, that's probably not 
the situation that you find yourself in when you're needing to forgive someone. Um, and most likely you have a very specific different story. Um, we all do. So, but what we want to talk about is look at what Joseph did and learn from him and look at his, this one person's process of how he came to forgive and the dynamics of a human, a whole person who wasn't even perfect perfect at it. I think we can look at the story of Joseph a lot and just say, he forgave. He did, had this great, his brothers did this to him and he forgave them in the end. But there's a lot more to the story than just that. It's a very human process and maybe not as clean as we usually give it credit for. So we are going to talk about that today of how we see Joseph and what we can learn from that. And hopefully this helps you in your process as you decide how you can forgive whatever it is you're seeking for in your life. So we identified at least three elements in Joseph's progress to forgiveness. And we wanted to just point those out. Again, as you mentioned, Joseph's situation is different. Uh, these might be different, but I think we can learn from each one of these um, elements of Joseph's process what we might need to do to allow God's forgiveness for others. So the first thing that I noticed in this story as I studied again the last few days was the process that Joseph had to go through this this longer time period and maybe that's me I mentioned like it's not as clean as we once thought I'm talking about myself that it's not as clean as I thought it was and I love seeing this story of his progression um, and also his emotions that was actually the thing that stuck out most for me is um the different times that you see Joseph need to leave the room and go cry because um, he's a person that was feeling a lot. And in fact, the first time is in chapter 42, verse 23. Um, the brothers are, are talking about what they had done to Joseph. And it says, they did not realize that Joseph understood them since there was an interpreter between them. He turned away from them and wept. Um... I just thought this is the first time that he really realizes that these are his brothers and here they are talking about him. And I don't know, I was a little overcome with emotion of how that must have how hard that must have been for him to be there and hear that. We see another instance when they bring Benjamin back to um to Joseph that he um has to leave the room and just excuse himself so that he can feel his emotions of what's of what's happening and also he's trying to cover his front right of the this it, it's not joseph yet um i just i really enjoyed that part of the story of how how difficult seeing some of those emotions and and of course i'm probably reading a little more into this than just that he wept and he was sad but i i really felt at that time of the need to especially pertaining to this question of how do we do it that i think the range of emotions and i'm going to even put in there that he was angry he made him come back and forth a few times and really wanted to test him there was definitely some anger some resentment some just a lot of feelings and i think that it's important for us to allow those as we go through any process of forgiveness I like that so much because like you've said, if we're not careful, we can simplify the story too much to where his brothers come back and Joseph forgives them. It's healthy for me to understand that in that forgiveness process, I'm going to have the whole range of emotions and to fight those or push those away without acknowledging them and recognizing them 
means I might not get to that moment where I can actually extend forgiveness. I have to to deal with the resentment, uh, the frustration, the sorrow, the sense of loss. I have to allow those emotions their space and their time so that I can move on to feelings of love and compassion and forgiveness. And I also think this is an important first, if, if we're calling this a process or a, a steps that we see from Joseph, I think that's an important first step because it does allow us to see Joseph as a little more of a human. And I think that it helps us to learn from him better because we see our imperfections in another person in the scriptures, which I think is an important part of learning from the yeah. scriptures is seeing these people as, as a whole person. Well, as we've said, that's one of my favorite things about the Old Testament is that these are human people. And uh, I think it's a good thing to not rush to heroize them too quickly, but to look at the full perspective, the, the, the contoured canvas that we get of each individual we're reading about. The next element I saw in Joseph's pattern of, or his process of forgiveness, was that he looked for change. Um, I, there's multiple ways to read him sending his brothers out and holding Simeon and asking for Benjamin. But, and, and testing them with the gold exactly. multiple times in the goblet. But one thing I think uh, that is evident from the story is that his brothers have changed. They say to him at the beginning, uh, or say to each other, in chapter 42, 21, we are very guilty concerning our brother. Um, and they exhibit that guilt, that sorrow, and that change uh, throughout the story. Most notably, at the end of chapter 44, when Judah says, verse 33, therefore I pray thee, let thy servant, meaning himself, abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. Um, Judah, of course, another symbolic reference to the Savior who himself will take the place of us in uh, meeting the demands of justice. But it was probably Judah originally that was the ringleader of the effort to put Joseph in the pit and sell him. Remember, it was Reuben, the one that was not okay with the plan, was away when they did it and came back um, upset about it. So it was probably Judah or maybe Simeon that was upset. And so there's change here. Now, there's a caution with this process because I don't know, and I really don't know, if Joseph is looking for change so that he can forgive them. I think... At the very least, Joseph is looking for change so that he can know if they can restore their familial relationship and their ongoing time together. Uh, that's important. He can't let them back into his life if there's not some kind of a change. And so this is where I know this gets different and tricky depending on every individual situation. Not every story of forgiveness involves change on the other side. Many of them don't. Uh, as it says in Doctrine and Covenant 64, it is required of us to forgive others, even if they themselves may not change or ask for forgiveness. In fact, it says in 64 that there remains in us the greater sin if we don't forgive, meaning um, we can, you, the only way to repent of not forgiving someone is to forgive someone. And so if we choose not to forgive someone, we can never repent of the sin of not forgiving someone. But 
a lot of times that other person doesn't ask for forgiveness and they don't change. And yet we still have to forgive them. Sometimes they do change and we forgive them, but we don't restore a relationship with them. There are plenty of situations where there's change on the other side. And even though we can offer forgiveness and compassion, it doesn't mean that we have to restore the relationship there that was there at the beginning. Sometimes that would be detrimental to us or to them. And and uh, and so I don't think that's the answer either. Well, this was certainly certainly an important caveat that we mentioned as we were talking about this, because mm-hmm. forgiveness gets tricky. We Again, this is kind of a clean story in that his brothers have changed mostly for the better. I think most of them are doing pretty good, and he sees that change and wants to restore a relationship. But we just wanted to be clear that um, not all situations are that. Maybe you forgive in your heart and you feel, um, I think, God and Jesus Christ offer us that way to clean out our heart from hard things that have happened to us so that we can live at peace with ourselves. But it doesn't mean that we have to repair the relationship of someone who has done harm. And there certainly are those situations that we just wanted to, felt like we really needed to bring up. Yeah. Because this is, forgiveness can get really tricky. And we recognize that. The last thing that we saw, and I'm sure there are many others in this, but uh, the point that I'm most confident has to happen in our process to forgiveness is what Joseph exemplifies in chapter 45. His brothers come, and uh, it's right after Judah offers to take the place of Benjamin. And Joseph weeps, then reveals himself to his brothers, and then says this, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord over all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt." What I noticed here is that Joseph makes a conscious decision to choose to forgive. Um, And I think it's interesting that he doesn't have to. He is in a position where if he wants to, he could completely exact justice on his brothers. He could imprison them for life. He could do to them what they did to him. Or if he didn't want to be so harsh, he could just keep his identity secret. He could let them go uh, and harbor his ill will towards them and be grateful that he's now second in command in Egypt and they're living out in the desert and they're going to starve in the in the um, famine. He could have done those things. He's in a position of power where he doesn't need to forgive them, but he chooses to do it. Um, and in that choice, I think he does two things. One, He chooses to release them from guilt. I love that he says to them, be not angry with yourselves. Uh, I think a big part of forgiveness is, of course, the change in the way I feel about someone else. But it's also me giving them permission to change the way they feel about themselves. Um, So that's the first thing that he chooses. And then he chooses to see the whole past, the whole story that he's had uh, in in with God's perspective in mind, with God's hand over all. Uh, and that optimism 
I think is another element of his forgiveness process and, and an element that needs to be a part of ours. Well, we kind of began with emotions. And so I think I'm going to end with a little bit of emotion. Zach already read some of chapter 45 where um, Joseph tells them who he is and chooses this forgiveness. And then with emotion in verse 14, then Joseph threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin wept on his shoulder. Joseph kissed each of his brothers as he wept, and afterwards his brothers talked with him. Um, there's a lot of times in scriptures I wish they would elaborate, but I kind of want to hear that conversation. I, I, I picture that with a lot of emotion myself of um, what a beautiful reunion that can be. And like we mentioned before, the reunion isn't always going to be with the person that you're forgiving because those situations are all very different. But I think that there's always a happy, peaceful, joyful feeling that comes with forgiveness because of, like Zach just mentioned, that choosing to see God in the process and accepting the grace of Jesus Christ. In my experience, um, I think that I like forgiveness more than anything else. Um, and maybe that's a funny way to say it, but I feel like forgiveness for me has been the one thing, and I, I, I even ranked it as first when, I, when we were talking about this earlier, that it might be the thing that allows me to see Jesus Christ in my life most firmly, where I have these real instances where I feel the power of and the grace of God in my life. I was re-examining this a few days ago, and I can't remember if it was before we started studying this or not, but I just thought I've always given a lot of credit. Like, I couldn't have forgiven this person or myself to this extent without Jesus Christ. And I said, maybe I'm, maybe I'm short, shortchanging myself. Maybe I actually could. Maybe I could release myself in that way. So I was examining that feeling I had of, could I really forgive on my own or do I need that extra power that I feel like I've, I've um, had? And the thought I came to is I could probably get pretty close, but the way in which God allows us to forgive, and I'd even say more so the power of Jesus Christ and his atonement, that that was something that a gift, a wonderful, beautiful gift that he has given us in order to cleanse our heart and not only a forgiveness for others, but I also think to forgive ourselves for the things that we have done. Um, I think sometimes as humans, we're, we're just not very capable of forgiving ourselves, maybe even especially. Um, but those are the moments that I look back and just realize that um, the grace of Jesus Christ is a very real thing. Um, because even when I look hard and try and think like, no, I'm, I'm getting mature enough and you know, I'm not, not that experienced in forgiveness and have a long way to go in my life, but I feel like it's something that has taught me and helped me grow closest to Jesus Christ than, than anything else. And even more so, even if I could probably do a pretty good job of forgiving if I wanted to, um, I don't want to leave leave them out of the equation. At the end of all of this, after Jacob dies, Joseph's brothers are worried that Joseph's now going to turn against them, that the only reason he was kind to them was because Jacob was present. Now that he's gone, Joseph's going to 
put them in prison or sell them away. And so they come to him and they ask for forgiveness. Um, and I love Joseph's answer to them. This is chapter 50, verse 19. Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? Meaning, Joseph recognizes that he is not the judge of souls and that ultimately all forgiveness comes from God. So he recognizes that in himself and extends and allows that forgiveness to them and tells them again, God meant it for good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. And he nourished them and comforted them and spake kindly to them. I think in all of our efforts with forgiveness, we have to remember that uh, God is the judge of souls and that judge of souls chooses to view us all with kindness, compassion, understanding, and immense amount of mercy and love. And if that's how the God and judge of souls chooses to view his children, uh, I think we are well justified in choosing to view each other that same way. Now, before we end, uh, an idea for connecting with others as you study this topic with them. I think an important uh, principle in religious education that we in times past have jumped over is we have to understand the question or the problem before we can fully appreciate the answer or the solution. What I mean by that is this. Uh, in a story like this, we might be really quick to jump to the end of the story and talk about how good forgiveness is and that we need to forgive and uh, throw quotes from prophets and apostles about how forgiveness is needed, all of which is important. But if we're really to help people connect to the idea of forgiveness and, and make that, uh, that step in their life, we might need to spend some time first exploring the question and the problems with forgiveness. So for example, you might be, uh, you might feel like asking a question of students, when have you felt forgiven? Now that's a great question, but that question should probably come after we first ask questions like, when have you not been forgiven? Or what is it in your life right now that is causing you pain and heartache? What have other people done to you that makes you upset and angry? Um, it's only in understanding those current feelings, understanding the problem, that the question or the answer is really going to be powerful and have the chance to make a change. Oh, and especially when you're asking questions about a topic like forgiveness that's so multidimensional, I think it can be so important to ask a multidimensional question and not a one-dimensional question because that's all you're going to get back as an answer is those one-dimensional answers. Thank you for studying this week. We've finished out Genesis. We look forward to next week as we begin in Exodus. Have a great week.